debut 1990 September, Bristol City away to get that opportunity with what thousands of Geordies only dream of. Williams. I first go over Sunderland away at Leicester. Uh, it was a left foot volley. I didn't realise my left foot was for kicking the ball with it as well. I thought it was just for standard. Higgnett. Playing against Chelsea and, and to score the first goal there is something that still lives with me now and it's it's what most people will talk to me about. Every weekend, it's the three legends banter and rivalry across the northeast on the tune, the cat, the red. Fellas, how are you? Um, I know, very good, Dave. Very good. Very good. Good. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Uh, we normally play this music, but I think we need to play some different music at the start of the show. <laughs> Whose birthday is it like? Don't know. By the way, Higgy, you look fantastic. My 60, son. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know what? Someone had put on Twitter one of these messages saying, oh, how old is he? He looks 55 with that beard. If he shaved it, he'd be 40. Ooh. I thought, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Do you know what the funniest thing is, though? Uh, we did put something up on, on the Red Radio's platform, just wishing you a happy birthday. And your mum liked it and commented on it. I know. It. Oh, you my know. My mum's mint. Oh, my mum's mint. She's on everything. <laughs> so she will have put... My mum will have put everything. I mean, she's 78, God bless her. I don't know how she, she does it, but she'll have put it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. She'd have commented on everyone who said anything. She, that's what she's like. She's off her nut. <laughs> Yeah, well, she's mate. proud fair, of the lad. Fair play oh, at that age, working modern technology, Higgy. Oh, by the way, Clarky, she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> she hasn't got a clue what she's doing. <laughs> she put someone. Listen, God, God rest me for telling this story, and she'll go mad. But she was putting. Um, there was a funeral. One of her friends um, had been to a funeral, and she put. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear this news. Um, lol. Right. She thought lol was lots of love. <laughs> <laughs> so she put, I'm oh, so sorry God. to hear this news, lol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. What you know, chance have you got? My mum's a six, she's 88 <laughs> and she uses her iPad. She's on Facebook, she's on all sorts of stuff. It's it's tremendous, it really is. But, but at least she knows the rule. Don't comment on anything that mentions me. So that's the important rule that your mum's got to learn, <laughs> well, mate. Yeah. Well, she did. It's too late now. I've had a go at her loads of times. I mean, she, the time she sent Christmas cards into managers and stuff like that at the club, and I'm, every year I say the same to her, and she's like, "Yeah, okay, sorry, son, sorry, won't do it again next year." Same thing, Christmas card. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday, mate. Happy birthday. Uh, and it's gonna be a quiet show, obviously, because there's not been much football in the last seven days in the northeast, <laughs> has there? <laughs> well Well we'll talk no, the we'll, we'll talk about right. the minnows first if you want. We'll talk about the derby. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll let we'll let Higgy. I don't think you've had many opportunities to start, mate. We'll let you do it. Uh, well, I'll up in the a last four or five club. weeks I have. I mean it's it's been brilliant, really. You know what? I was worried because they played Coventry and, and listen, they got battered and Coventry were decent. It was a poor result. And then they've got Villa coming up and you're fearing for the worst. Um, and then Chelsea obviously following that. But the Villa game, you know, they, they went toe-to-toe with Villa and, and they were 
They did, yeah. They were really good in the game. You know, Glover played well in goal. There's no doubt about it. But as long as I didn't, we didn't get a Tonkin, I would have took mm -hmm. that. But then when you see the uh, game, you know, you're a little bit disappointed at the end of it. You know, fair play yeah. to Villa. They kept going and they've obviously, they've got quality and you, you'd expect that. But listen, Borough gave them a right game. So that, that gave me a little bit of hope coming up to the Chelsea one. Yeah. Now, I didn't expect, listen, I, I didn't expect Borough to win. Um, but I just wanted them to put another good show. And uh, pff, they did more than that. They defended brilliantly. That's for a start. You expect Chelsea to have all the ball, which they did. They missed some unbelievable opportunities. Cole Palmer in particular. Wow. Um, so, listen, Borough rode the luck at times. But you you can't fault their endeavour and, and their attitude and, and the way they went about it. And, and got a, an unbelievable result, really. You know, Brilliant to beat them result. one nil, fantastic. They've, they've got, they've got all to do. You know, down there it's going to be really difficult for them again. Um, and listen, whether they go through or not, it doesn't matter because they've had that result at the Riverside, and everyone yeah, was there. It was exactly. a full house. Everyone was buzzing. On they've TV. had a fabulous night, and and it's it was just brilliant to see. I was I was so pleased for them. No, they must have yeah. defended really well, Iggy, because you look at the dangerous attacks for Chelsea, mate, and they're they're in the hundreds. You know, and you think, well, you know, if you looked at that in stats, you think, oh, Chelsea not got a goal there. But the, so they must have defended extremely well, mate. Well, they did, but it, there was some bad finishing. Don't get me wrong, Daz. You know, I mean, some of the chances that, that they missed um, was unbelievable. And I don't think, you know, that would happen again. But they were, they were really hard to, to break down. You know, Chelsea, they kept a really low yeah. block and, and Chelsea played. They played around them, really, Chelsea, although they kept loads of the ball. Um, but didn't really you know you weren't panicking I was watching the game and I wasn't really panicking because I thought in yeah. the end Chelsea had sort of ran out of ideas you know they'd made a they made a few subs um but just couldn't get going in the night and then in the end you know when when Borough are breaking away with Isaiah Jones um Josh Coburn a, a couple of times you're thinking you know this could get better if, if Chelsea aren't yeah. careful yeah with a bit so more it was, closure they could have got yeah. another goal well, they could, yeah. I mean, it was it was good to see. Do you know what I mean? And I think going into the game, everyone's thinking, just I hope we don't get battered. Um, but they, you know, they're far from that. They they put up a really good show, and and I'm I'm glad they came out with the result. No, I just I think what they've shown everybody is on that day if they if they get everything right and they get that defensive organisation right, which you said has been a bit of an issue this year. Yeah, uh, they can, they can be a they can be a match for anyone. Now they've got to replicate that in the championship because, like you and Daz said, the, the amount of possession and entries into the final third and all this stuff that you talk about with Chelsea. But they, they defended well, yet they did miss a few chances. But, you know, when you're when you're a lower league team, if you're a championship club and you're playing the big boys, one of the big clubs from the Prem, you're always expecting to not have a lot of the ball and expecting your goalkeeper's going to have to have a blinder. Your back four's going to have to be on top form or whichever defensive shape you use. And that's what they did. And then, like you say, Higgy, they broke really well. They broke very, well, very well. And uh, the other thing was... the one goal. Yeah, I mean, they... Listen, we all know the injuries that they've got and they didn't make an excuse for that, but they lost two players again within 20 minutes. Yeah. Lati yeah. Lati I, I was just going to say had to come off. Uh, and, and, yeah. But people made more of the fact that Chelsea had injuries... Than, yeah. than the fact that actually Borough have got 14 or 15 people out now. I mean, they've yeah. made a couple of signings which they needed desperately. I think Luke Ayling is a good signing for them. You know, Philippe who's, who's played well as well um, this season. He's got a few goals. So 
two good signings that they needed to bolster the numbers because the, their injury list, you know, we've talked about Newcastle's injury list this season, haven't we, and how horrendous that's been for them and what an effect it's had on their season. Um, Middlesbrough's been similar, you know, recent weeks. The amount of players that have been out and unavailable for Michael Carrick to pick has, has been frightening. So, glad they've got a couple in. Hopefully now this will kick them on, you know, a bit of confidence, yeah. get them going in the league and, and get them going the right way and hopefully try and edge their way closer to the playoffs but they need a little bit more lads, consistency in the league form yeah lads just a quick one then I'm obviously going to touch on Newcastle later obviously in the injury situation there as well so many clubs have, have are having horrific injury lists nowadays mm. uh, it, it, both Premier League and, and Championship level where they've got the, some of the best facilities the, 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 the highest number of staff you've ever seen I mean you see some of the benches I was at Anfield uh, in midweek to watch the, the semi-final against Fulham mm. and there was more staff than there was players and subs and right. it's like you know you've got sports scientists you've got masseurs you've got all kinds you know chiropractors you've got the full whack in terms of the medical side um, any ideas any thoughts on why these clubs are just picking up ridiculous amounts of injuries I mean even Liverpool to a certain extent are starting to pick up a lot of injuries but you look at Chelsea have been talking about listening to Pochettino earlier today he's the same so any thoughts on that why is because I don't think it's it's not the number of games because we we probably played the same amount of games with less recovery and uh, less mm. less data and less quality of recovery if you know what I mean in terms of facilities do you know, you know? I don't do you it's, think it's something it's a head to do scratch, with the pitches I mean it is, it is the pitch I mean you know Deso's come a lot more prevalent now hasn't it the yeah. Deso pitch where you've got like artificial grass intertwined with yeah. grass and, and the pitches are a lot firmer you don't see pitches like like we used to in the past bog you know bogged down with mud and there's none of that anymore I don't know whether the surfaces are a bit hard and there's a lot but of jarring you would, injuries, and over time that you happens. would expect. I don't know. Would you expect more more injuries, Ohagi, if the pitches were heavier? I, I, no, I, yeah, you, you no, know, I you, don't think you I guys would. know what it was That's, like. You know, obviously. I think yeah, I know, but it's softer, isn't it? So whenever you're trudging through stuff, yeah, I know it, yeah, I see you what you trudge say. through it, and you yeah. or, or is or is it lads the mentality now in terms of these boys who are coming through these academies? It's it's drilled into them about recovery don't play too many games mm. having the right amount of time to do your recovery so they're getting that mindset that if they're not 100 percent ready i mean let's think back us three to when we played how many times hand on your heart can you say you played in a game where you were 100 no, percent fit where you didn't have a little niggle or whatever nah, no, nah. do you know what i mean nah, you couldn't, uh, no, the way no, i the way no, i used no, to judge no. i don't know if you guys were the same the only way an injury uh, stopped me from carrying on in a game as if it took over me focus you know once mm. the game kicked off yeah. you're in the zone Aye. so you forget about the little knocks and niggles you've got but if I had an injury where even though I was in the zone the injury was still on my mind and I could still feel it I knew I had a little bit of a problem Aye. yeah do you know what Clark yeah. I mean we've all played with people haven't we who, unless they're 100% fit they don't want to play Yeah, but mm. I think with the like you say, the modern stuff that might be a, that might be a good point, you know, where it's drummed into them that you are tired, you've played too many minutes, you've done this too much, yeah, and and you're tired, and if you're gonna play, you'll get an injury, and I don't know whether that well, has that, a, also, an effect. Well, if you're I was not going to say Higgy, if you're not strong-minded, mm. yeah. Also, what I was going to say with the experience of my boy, like he's. Mm 
because of the difference in the term terms with the medical teams now there's some of the medical teams are a little bit cautious to send players out and if they want to mm. break down and because they think oh I could get a, a court case against us or whatever if this lad gets a serious injury because my boy will say things like you know he doesn't want to report a little niggle sometimes to the physio because he'll say all right you need a month's rest and he's just like no no I've only had a uh, kick I just need yeah. a bag of ice do you know what I mean? He'll, he'll go yeah. asking for a yeah. bag of ice and they do a full protocol and they don't think twice about sending them for a scan now. Like when we were coming through, yeah. scans an expensive, you know, yeah. bit of equipment. It's probably uh, 800 it to 1,200 quid a pop for one scan, but clubs are just do it for anything now. Get yourself mm. scanned. And you mm. know probably if we went under a scanner, something will show up, but it mightn't even be causing a problem. Yeah. Uh, well, there is this... You, and, Sometimes, you know, I've been for, for x-rays where people have said, oh, that shouldn't be there or that looks like it's an extra bit of bone that's grown or calcified. Mm -hmm. But it could have been normal. So what they're saying, you might have been born with it. And because mm -hmm. we, we haven't had yeah. an x-ray there before, we don't know. So you don't know whether that's normal to you or to someone else. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on in football now that it, it's just too much. It takes it too far. Yeah. And and I mm -hmm. think all the younger lads have grown up with it. So they, they're... Yeah. They're in with it. They agree with it. They, agree. you know, I'm as a manager. You know what it's like when if a physio comes to you and, and says, "Oh, you know, he's got a, he's got a little niggle here or there." That your first question is, "Well, can he play?" Mm -hmm. And and why can't he play if it, you know, if it's only a little niggle? Are we gonna? And and you're right. I think being cautious has taken over because of other legal stuff that that wasn't back in our day. We would never think about suing a physio if something. If no. we were misdiagnosed, and we went. Well, it's out come from America and all that stuff, hasn't it? Well, and stuff like yeah, that. I mean, it's come from I mean for that, that to come over, is, I'd hate to work in those conditions, Clarky. If I'm honest, if I was a physio, yeah. but I, I get the be... impression a lot of them are doing that at the moment. Do you know what I mean? They're a little bit nervous to to see, okay, you know, you can play with that injury or whatever. Mm. Can I throw one in, uh, fellas? Is there any chance on, that the modern day player is being trained to such a high performance level? that we are now stretching, you know, to the limit of the human body. So, you know, they are being pushed been, so far I, that it's more liable to break down. I've heard that, I've heard that argument, Dave, yeah. I mean, uh, they do, everything's checked. Um, everything, the data, my, my boy tells us what they're doing at Liverpool every single day in training, how they, they monitor absolutely everything, you know. Um, you know, stopping the sessions, taking a blood sample or, you know, seeing how they are and you know seeing all their temperatures percent higher than it should be are you all right do you want to drop out the session and stuff like that do you know what i mean it's like to mm. far cry it's from, almost like they're giving them too many excuses not to train yeah. or not to play yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's a, it's a, it's a far that... cry from it's a far cry from brian coming in and putting a bin liner on under his waterproof jacket to sweat out <laughs> his weekend <laughs> i mean this is exactly what i was going to say i, I always found my my best recovery was a couple of pints down the pub i mean it's just like there's, you know, there's nothing better I, I think now they put too many supplements in the body do you know what i mean this is a, this is what this is where they're going wrong well it could uh, be that's that could be a decent point dave you know where you know, everything needs to be perfect, doesn't it? Really, for for players to play. I mean, the the game is getting quicker, certainly at the highest level. But that shouldn't, you know, I don't think it's getting quicker at at lower levels. I think the standards getting better. But yeah. I don't think it's. Um, listen, I always thought I was fit. Do you know what I mean? I don't think, I don't think I'd be any fitter in today's game than I was back then. 
No. I, don't, I just... No, I, it I, is what I, it is, isn't it? You know, it, games do move on and we did start to have heart monitors and stuff like that and you did start to go in and look at the data with the physios and the people who ran it um, and try and get an understanding of what it was and what it meant. But I think it's it's gone over and above now, whereas almost the sports scientists are dictating who can train, who can play, even if they don't feel bad. You know, they're saying, well, this is the data and this is what we've got. We're, you know, they, they might be saying they're preventing an injury by stopping him from training or playing. Um, and the, the Higgy, did you ever think, do well, that one when the um, fitness coach would, you know, trust your professionalism and say, take the... Um, the polar system, the heart rate monitor, where we can just do a, a 20 minute jog on a Sunday rather than come in and travel in, spend all day here, if you di- especially if you didn't have a midweek game. Did you ever get that opportunity with your sports yeah. scientists? Yeah. Because I've, I've got that. a great, I've got a great, I've got a great story. I won't name the player, <laughs> but when I was at Fulham, so the, the fitness coach was right on it. So he said to the lads, you know, the manager I'd give with, went into the Monday so he said rather than come in on the Sunday but I still want you to do your recovery take the monitors away and uh, do your 20 minute jog so we gets in on the Monday and was a meeting with a fitness coach and the fitness coach said to this player uh, player X you've done far too much you've done about two hours recovery he says that's not acceptable you're doing it wrong you need to be educated and he was like, oh, right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And uh, so when we come out of the meeting, we're saying, we were like, what are you doing? What are you doing two-hour recovery for? You're killing the rest of it. He went, I didn't, lads. I put the monitor on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and if put that the following the dog and took it off. <laughs> if he's listening, he now knows exactly which player it was. <laughs> aye, aye. Well, he, well he's, he, he was French, so I think he's back in France now, Dave. I don't know if I, I don't know if we're hitting them airwaves over yet, there yet, pal. <laughs> Clarky, talking to your lad, it was great to see him get on, wasn't it, against Arsenal? Ah, oh, mate, so so proud. I mean, uh, especially the the belief in the manager to throw him and Connor uh, on yeah. at nil nil at Arsenal away, and then for them to help the team get to a 2-0 victory he was buzzing um, the manager's different class I spoke to him after the game and I was like what was he and he just said all he said was make sure you're diligent in your defensive duties when you've got the ball go and express yourself do what you do mm. in the 21s and what you do in training and then obviously young Connor got the chance with Trent's injury and he was absolutely superb oh, against Fulham, Fulham in the semi-final no, um, he probably would have got in earlier, Higgy, but he picked up an injury because he had a brilliant season on loan uh, last year at Bolton Wanderers. He got their mm. player of the year. Um, and a class boy, full international now at Northern Ireland. And um, was just different class against Fulham, I thought. Uh, he was superb. And it, it gives, when uh, Trent comes back, it gives him a bit of food for thought to the, keep Connor there and just push Trent directly into midfield. Now that's a possibility, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's brilliant with the young lads, isn't he? Well, it, it, what he, you know, when when the boy went there, he, what he said to them is, "There's a pathway, and that's what they've done. There is a pathway for young players." What he does, Higgy, you'll know this as well, because being your club is such. And um, even when there's when there's injuries or players suspended in this transfer window, he doesn't go out and just spend on an experienced player. He goes into the young teams and gives the, the, those players who play in that position that their opportunity and gives them that chance and believes in them. 
Um, you know, it was great after the game, they'd done an interview and he said, oh no, these youngsters, they're part of the squad. We don't see them as young young players. These are part of our first team squad and if we, if we need to call on them, we're not worried about putting them on. So yeah. it's, it's brilliant for them. Absolutely brilliant. What wasn't brilliant, sure. Daz, was the game. No, mate, yeah, it wasn't. Cup, the game against Newcastle. We we did yeah. talk. At the week. I think I got my prediction fairly, fairly you spot on. You got it spot on, on Higgy, to be honest. You did, yeah. mate. Yeah, spot on. Pop. But, I mean, what was your take on it, Daz? Well, I mean, listen, the first half, you know, I thought was a bit scrappy uh, from both sides. I thought, you know, Sunderland set, like, like we spoke about, you know, made it a bit of a scrappy event. You know, there wasn't a lot of free flow and play going on. Um, the atmosphere, listen, was was, was top draw uh, from both sets of fans, and obviously the behaviour as well. You know, I think the police police uh, you know praised that up. Um, you know, the behaviour was spot on. It was great band. Only eight arrests, which is brilliant. Uh, it's yeah. fantastic, mate, especially for a, for a game you know like that that you know we haven't had for many many years. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was disappointing with, with the first goal, mate. I mean, you know, was, I, I, I kind of called it because I seen a couple of times with Hume. He got he got in that position of no man's land as a fullback. You know, he didn't know that go tight. He didn't know the sitting hole, and he ended up getting stuck in the middle. You know, and I you know I, I'm a big, big believer of obviously whoever you're playing up against, try and identify you know bits and pieces about him. You know, due to because obviously they don't play against each other on a you know on a regular basis. So. And I just thought, you know, he, he just didn't know what to do. He didn't know, didn't know whether to go to tight uh, with Anthony Gordon or he didn't know whether to sit in the hole and just, you know, just let, let uh, you know, let him uh, attack He, let, he left some big gaps, does, didn't he? He left massive gaps, mate. And and, and you could see a couple of times that uh, Anthony Gordon got in and, and fortunately enough, he got back and recovered. But, uh, you, you know, we just called it after it had happened a couple of times and, uh, you know, Anthony Gordon. It's, just great, it's a great ball in and, uh, you know, I felt for I felt for Ballard because it's one of those, you know, it's that corridor of uncertainty, isn't it? You know, yeah. he's put it in a fantastic area. Well, and, if Ballard you know, doesn't go for it, he scores, doesn't he? It's, it's a tap-in, mate, isn't it? Yeah, let's be honest. And I just, you know, I felt for him because I, I don't think Ballard in, in all had a bad game. I think, you know, I thought he'd, he'd, done, he'd done well, but, you know, having, con- you know, scored an own goal and then obviously conceding a penalty late on, uh, you know, it was a bit of naivety, I think, as well, and a bit, I think, a bit of frustration from him, to be honest. But I just thought, mate, the first half wasn't too bad. You know, leading up to the goal, um, you know, it, it wasn't a great, great affair. Let's be honest. But you know, I think uh, Newcastle had the lion's share of the game. But the biggest thing, you know, you notice is, you know, both sides like to keep possession, but Newcastle move it with a purpose. You know, yeah. and an end product. You know, Sunderland so many times went back to Pat- Patterson, uh, you know, on goal, and you're thinking, well. You've just gone back from your own half, you know, to your keeper. You know, yeah, you're keeping the ball, but you, there was, we just weren't penetrating at the time. You know, that we weren't a threat. You know, we didn't create much. And I think, you know, I think the only few glimpses that we had was, you know, in the probably in the second half when the game opened up a bit more and Pritchard started getting. He got in little areas, you know, in between the, the midfield and defence and had a couple of opportunities. I, I had a great strike from distance again, like he scored against Preston, but. I just, you know, I, f- I felt disappointed, mate, in all honesty. I think that, you know, it looked like men against boys in the second D- half, to be quite honest. As you know, um, you mentioned Pritchard there, and we had this chat last week, didn't we, on the show, and I was mm. a bit surprised. Uh, I was it maybe it was a couple of weeks ago when you were saying that they were looking to possibly offload him because he wasn't fitting the project or the yeah. criteria that they're looking for. But I thought he was the real positive uh, for Sunderland. His experience, he had the couple of best chances. He showed some really 
intelligent touches. If anything positive was going to come from the attacking third, it was going to come through him. So I think sometimes I don't understand that, you know, um, the way Sunderland are wanting to go with really young players, develop them, make yeah. them better, energy. But so you do, and we've, we mentioned this when we had this uh, chat, we said that you do need a good sprinkling of senior pros. And I think he's totally. one of them. And I think he showed that in the game. He was one of the f probably only few Sunderland players, if any, who probably uh, enhanced or played to the level that he usually does in the champ. Definitely, mate. Because, you know, I thought Clark was a bit quiet. I thought, you know, Bellingham was quiet. Well, I was just going to say, know. I was going to say your, your young lads who've been highly talked about about going here, there and everywhere. So Dan Neil, Joe Bellingham, Jack yeah. Clark, they never they never really got a look in, did they? And listen, nah. I know the difference in the level, but we're talking about a team who played in the Champions League. Hit a bit of, of a tough spot, but I think a lot of that was down to the injuries derailed us, derailed us season. But yeah. you, you've seen the difference in Bruno Gamiresh ran the game, was yeah. the best player on Different, the pitch yeah. by a million miles, totally, do you know what man. I mean? So those three totally. lads I've just mentioned there, especially Neil and Bellingham, who are see themselves as midfield players or a 10 or whatever, they'll see yeah. that and think, well, that's the level I need to get to if I want to be a top exactly, mate. 10 Premier League midfield player. Because yeah, they, they, really, they didn't really get themselves going, did they, in the game? Nah, the they didn't make you to be quite honest and I like to say you know when Newcastle you know you could see you know when they moved the ball it was nice and sharp you know it was it yeah. always had an end product like to it. you said uh, you used know. the use the word purpose pass with a purpose oh definitely don't just pass for passing sake 100% and I and just that, felt and I think, that I think that's the stuff with the second goal isn't it you know the, the yeah. Patterson had got away with one in the first half I can't remember we in played it into half, yeah. but he was marked tight they got away yeah. with it they cleared the ball and I'm thinking all right you know, this passing out from the back, it started by uh, Pep, the king, Pep Guardiola's yeah. Barcelona team, right? Yeah. But, you know, he had goalkeepers in that Barcelona team who, mm. when they couldn't play out on the back, could hit 60, 70-yard Glen Hoddle-type passes straight onto someone's yeah. toe. Yeah. That's what Emerson's got at Man City. Uh, that's what Alison Becker has got. Not as probably as good as Emerson, I don't know, but that's what them two have got. They want to play yeah. out from the back, them teams. But if team uh, comes onto them, the keeper just goes bang and then turns them. I think yeah. that's what, sometimes the lower league teams, they get this perception, this is where they want to play. Sunderland were a massive example in the derby. This is All this right. is our identity. We want to play out from the back. So every single time we get the ball, no matter what's happening, we're playing out from the back. You've got to assess your opponent. Newcastle United are one of the best high-pressing teams in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd say 100%. you put them alongside just behind the Liverpools and the Man Cities because they've got speed at the top end of the pitch where they can go and press you. Yeah. So if they're going to do that, you've got to play through the press somehow. You can't just you say, do, oh, this is Sunderland, this is our identity, this is the way we're going to play because you're playing it Aye. in your castle's hands and that's what happened with the second well. goal. It's a so killer, isn't it, just after half-time? Oh mate, when this is a thing, and you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, you know, we've conceded the own goal, uh, the own goal in the first half. You know, let's come out, let's be solid for the first, you know, five ten minutes. Because when you know how Newcastle start, they start with a high tempo, they want to pressure, they want to get in faces, and we, it's, it's kind of like we just played it, you know, played it into the hands, you know, and it was disappointing to to concede that goal just after half time, and you know, again, you know, it's like we say, you know, if you're going to play, you've got to move the ball nice and sharp, especially against the, like, you know, the likes of Newcastle. You know, because you know, Almiron was just waiting and waiting. It was, it was almost like he was just reading the situation. You yeah. know, he, he was there ready. Well, he's, for it and he he's, he's he's one of the best pressing players in the Premier League. 
Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt, mate. And it was, like I say, it was just, it was just disappointing, really, to be quite honest. Because it's kind of like once we conceded that um, that own goal, it's kind of like that. You know, the lads lost a bit of, you know, a bit about it. Do you know, what I mean? they, they weren't getting stuck in. They weren't getting close enough. You know, but again, I think we weren't getting close enough because Newcastle were moving the ball ball so quickly and so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does do you think it's yeah. been a bit of a a wake up call? I don't mean just for the players because the you know obviously the young lads who, who Clarkie mentioned there all been talked with about moves away. They've played against a real a really good side in in Newcastle, seen the the level and the standard. Do you think that's been an eye opener for them? And do you think the people watching from above in Sunderland have thought, oh, hang on a minute? Because I I agree, you know, if you try and play out against a team like Newcastle. At some point, they're going to pick your pocket, and not just once, course, yeah. but four or yeah. five times, because their players are quicker, they're more athletic, they've got better ability. So, I would, you know, it's it's admiral trying to play out, but I think you play out when you're playing against a team of your standard. You have to find yeah. a different way of playing when you're yeah. playing against someone who, who's far superior to you. Of course, you do, mate. Yeah, and definitely. I think if you keep playing the same way of playing out from the back, because you have to you have to open the pitch to play like that. Yeah, if they nick the ball, you're dead because you haven't got time to get back into his shape. Well, Higgy, Higgy a good it. example, a good example. I watched obviously the Newcastle Sunderland game early in the Saturday, and I watched Borough Villa later on the, in that day. And Borough started like that. They started trying to play out from the back, and they got a few, oh, close calls. Mm. So, and then you, all of a sudden, is this? Is it Michael Carrick and his staff had said, right, we need to do something a little bit different. We can't keep enticing that pressure on. So you've seen them change their mentality a little bit. Didn't try and go away from the total identity. It didn't mean that they were just going banks, trying to smash it up the pitch and go for second balls and all that. I'm not saying that completely change the way you play, but they, they, they tweaked one or two things. And then obviously, like you mentioned, they played with a different type of lower block defensively, but still mm. popped it around it, but hit... Uh, Chelsea on the break with some longer yeah. type of passing to, to, to come through Chelsea's Chelsea's committing lots of bodies forward but if the, the, the impression I got with Sunderland it was this is the way we do it this is yeah. what we're sticking to no matter what's happening in uh, the game no matter if, yeah. you know we've all been there so if I'm a if I'm a deep line midfield player and I'm getting the life pressed out of us I'm not going to go looking for the ball deep off my centre backs or whatever because I know I know their attacking midfield player is going to be right on my shoulder. So if I lose the ball yeah. there, the way we're set up to try and play out on the back, they're going to be clean through. Yeah. But just Sunderland just didn't seem to have that change in 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 mentality in terms of they're really young. I've got to say they're a really, really young team. And sometimes when you're that young, it's hard to try and deviate and you want to try and do what your coaches and your head coach is asking. To the letter, yeah. So sometimes, if they ask you to do something a bit different, I can imagine it's it's difficult. But I think Higgy, you make a great point. I think what that result, the, the best thing for Sunderland would be if that result is opened a few eyes above. So you yeah. know your sporting director that filters down to the head coach. We do have to tweak one or two things because ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm sure they want to get to the Premier League and know if they can do that in the way in the in the project that they have got at the minute in terms of young young players, they will have to change. Because if they got to the if they did get to the Premier League, which they can't do, they could easily get in the playoffs and win it. That's uh, that wouldn't be a, you wouldn't say that would be a surprise, but they could do that. But imagine if that squad there with young players went into the Premier League. 
Right. You know, yeah, well, they'd end it. up find they'd end up finding it very, very difficult every weekend, wouldn't it? Well, it could yeah, set people back made. as well, couldn't it? Do you know what but I mean? I think it, you, it could set you I, back as well because you get disheartened by everything. If you get talked like every said, week, there's nothing worse. No, I think like you said, oh Higgy, you know, I, I think that's highlighted. You know, for you know Clark and, and Bellingham, you know, you you they're just not there yet. Do you know what I mean? You you, you know you're not there. You know, I know there's teams looking at them from above, and it's always great to have that. Uh, but you know, it's, you know, let's get let's get back to back to basics. You know, let's get on, let's get on with the job that you're doing at the moment. Let's see where you know, twelve months down the line, you know, where we are. You know, uh, you know, not as a, only as individuals, but as a team. Do you know what I mean? Because I just think it's it, it's a bridge too far, mate. And I think if these players end up going up into the Premier League, you know, yeah, well, they, you know, chances are they're going to get loaned out. I tell I tell you what was really evident, Daz. Um, not trying to be disrespectful to the guy who was playing there, but. You lack a striking quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, someone who, can be an, someone who can be an outlet for you, whether he's over the top with his pace, Aye. whether he's got good hold-up play, whether he drops into little pockets and gets turned and can start running at defenders, and then you've got midfield yeah. players who can break on from there deeper. It just he it, it, it didn't seem to pose any kind of threat to the Newcastle back he four. Make... He didn't. He didn't. He didn't like consume them he didn't like stop the centre horse playing he didn't give them no. an issue in behind so they could push up high do you know what I mean it was and, and, and that's the first time I've seen the lad to be honest so I didn't want to make yeah. a, a, an assumption after one game but I, I just it just looked to me that he could do with a, a real top hey I'm saying could do with a top notch striker everyone wants Aye. a top notch <laughs> striker yeah, exactly exactly, exactly. Aye, but I wrong, think mate. that's that was blatant to see you know yeah, I mean, he, a couple of times, mate, he tried, he tried to make runs in behind, but, you know, we went back to, to the keeper and, you know, I think he wanted a bit of a foot race at times with, with, with Dan Byrne because I think, he, you know, uh-huh. I think he fancies himself because, he, you know, he, he, he has got a little bit of sharpness about him, but I just don't think we give him that opportunity, mate. And, I, and in all honesty, I think Dan Byrne knew and got, and just, he he, he done what Hume should have done, gone and got tight and, and, and started to have a bit of a battle with him because he knew he was yeah. bigger. Sometimes he knew he was that can get... That can get really predictable, can't it? That's the way you play. So they're going to play out oh, and yeah. going to play through the third. Definitely. And if if he's making runs, he knows he's not going to get it, especially from a back player. So yeah. why would he make them? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And yeah. it, it just... For me, you've got to mix your game. When you're playing against a team that is, is obviously better than you, you have to change. Not not, you do, not so much change. If it's there to pass, then pass. You have to tweak it, don't you? You have to tweak it. But you do. You have to, yeah. you have to be a little bit... Yeah, flexible where, you know, they're playing a really high line. We're going to get it in behind them a couple of times, make forward runs, and then they'll start to think then, hang on a minute, we can't play that high. The ball might come, we yeah. might have to drop. And and suddenly the game, you know, they might drop, they get a little bit more space in midfield, then you can start to play a little bit. But if yeah. you just keep doing the same thing, then yeah. they're just going to yeah. go, right, there's no threat in behind. We can go as high as we want. Midfield players can go and get locked onto theirs and then we can go and press them from the, the front as well and we'll win it really high up because there's nothing else that's going to come from it. They're not going to put it in behind us and make us chase the other way. And it becomes really predictable no. for the team, well, for Newcastle to go, right, this is how we're going to do it and we're just going to step on and, and do it all the time. And that's what they did. And it, and it cost them in the end. I, I thought it cost Sunderland. You know, because yeah, at, at, when they scored the second, that was it, wasn't it? Game over. Yeah, yeah, it was game over the second. Mate. I mean, just after half time as well, just it kills you off, mate. As a, you know, as, as a player, you know, as, as a team, it kills you off, and you could see that. 
you know, you could, you could see it, you know, we, even though we were a half a yard behind anyway, uh, closing down and, and things like that, it was just, you know, we ended up just dropping off. And, and at times, mate, you know, you're 2-0 down and we, we, we've got the, we've, we've still got the same shape with the two t- defensive midfielders sat in front of the back four. You know, and you mm. think to yourself, well, you know, you're 2-0 down. You know, it's... It, you know, you might as well have a little have a little go for it. You know, but nothing, not like we say, nothing changed, and it was just the same. You know, the same scenario of trying to play and, and keep playing, and, and like you say, not mixing it up. But you know, you need you need that uh, plan B at the end of the day. Well, we've still yeah, got to get like the like um, we've still got to get the Newcastle uh, angle on that yeah, as well. Just, just Which, a, yeah, go on, mate. Got time for a couple more points, Dave? Yeah, just, I was just, just going to go to a break, things. but go ahead. Go on, go on before we get to the, the, the important stuff, the Newcastle stuff, and weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Daz, what, what was your what was your thoughts on the team photo, mate? The Newcastle photo in front of the fans. I, I was a bit surprised. I was a bit surprised at it, mate. To be quite honest, I think um, I, I get it. They do it in the dressing room, obviously. After most games, I get that. I just thought, I don't know. I was. A, I mean, by that by, by that point, mate. I think I was walking inside, so I think I missed. You were you getting your first pain pulled, were you? Till after, yeah, mate. Well, I, yeah. Listen, I think I two at the same time. <laughs> After the week that they had, where they were doing everything they can, bending over backwards to accommodate Newcastle, I thought it was the least Newcastle could do was have a picture on the pitch after the game. <laughs> well, Higgy, Higgy, you've just, you've just, Higgy, you've just walked this into me second point. Does how's the behind the scenes <laughs> yeah. stuff still going down after the result? The uh, changing of the room, the rebranding of the room, which they eventually changed, but then the free beers in the uh, hospitality yeah. lounge. How the well, how they looked after Newcastle? How's that gone down now? The results went against Sunderland. Is there still a I lot think, of anger and dis- disappointment with the fans? I think directly after the game, mate, the, next, the, the first few days there was a, there was still a lot of people angry about it and this that, and that. I believe there's a change being made at the club uh, regarding that. Uh, the situation with the drinks, mate. The, the car, all the card machines went down, didn't it? <laughs> Throughout the ground, there wasn't one card machine working. So I try, I try that when I go out with the lads when it's May round. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there's still a, there's still a few people disgruntled, mate, about it, and you know, and rightly so because you know uh, things like that shouldn't really happen. Um, no, know, it didn't. Honest, it did. It didn't bring the club out in good light, did it? To be honest, no, it didn't. It didn't, mate. But like I say, I mean, the, you know, the free B was nice, but you know, it's. Uh, my last, my last Sunderland point, Daz, before we start talking about uh, the tune. Tony Mowbray back at my old club, Birmingham City. Uh, I've spoken to a few. I've spoken to a few friends I've still got down there at Birmingham, and they're absolutely delighted. They've got someone of Tony's calibre um, and an experience of the championship. He's worked down in the West Midlands before, Coventry and West Brom, and uh, so he knows that area. And uh, they're delighted. They think they've got a great. Maybe it's not this season, but they've certainly got a chance of being successful. Just like the the yeah. the board are very ambitious. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, mate, we lost a, we lost a good man. You know, let's be honest. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's done wonders. At, you know, with Sunderland uh, in the time he was there. And obviously, you know, everybody wishes him all the best, as you've probably seen all over social media. And I was pleased, you know, to see him back in back back in the job straight away because, you know, he deserves it. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm sure he'll do. I'm sure he'll do wonders down there, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark, you get onto the two, and I've been the ad break. All <laughs> oh, right, <there> you <laughs> where, what, where do you want to start? Do you want to start? We've talked enough about last week, men against boys. <laughs> and well, there's the not so small matter of Man City coming to town. Mm. Well, we've got Man City. There's just a few things before we start on that. We've obviously picked up another 
really serious injury, Joe Linton would be out for a Aye. minimum of six weeks. Uh, you, you've probably seen last weekend, Daz, how important a player he is. He's yeah, just a powerhouse mate. in midfield. I oh, mean, uh, he's got he's player, got mate. pace, he's got powers, you know, he's got physicality, he puts himself about, he's got ability on the ball. So that's another blow to add to the other ones. But um, yeah, and, and the other stuff, guys, before we touch on the Man City game is the accounts being brought out this week for the club and also it's saying that, you know, the finances aren't where they, they would like them to be in terms of challenging the top six teams and they might have to sell one of their star names to then reinvest in the team with the FFP rules. Aye. I mean, this, this is nuts to me. <clears throat> so, you've got teams who can spend the best part of a billion quid, you've got teams who can't. I, I understand the rules of, of financial fair play and it's a... Uh, is it a hundred and five million pound loss over three years? Correct. Well, um, I, t- I, t- I tell you what, I so tell you if, what, Higgy, just Higgy, just to give you a bit of a bit of meat on the bone here. Um, Daryl Neils, the the chairman of Newcastle, he gave an example. He said, Tottenham, who you put on the fringes of the top six, are doing great under that yeah. current manager now, but they're not always a regular, so you cannot see always top six. Their turnover and their stuff to balance on the FFP is currently at 440 million, whereas Newcastle's is 250 million. So mm. that's the shortfall with a club like Tottenham. Then you go on to your Man United. Man City was something like 750. And then I think you start hitting... Your Man United's, even though they've had a horrendous run, they start approaching the, the billion pound mark and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's the difference. I think that's giving you... Because I didn't really understand it as well, mate, to be honest. I kept thinking the same. How are, how are Chelsea spending like they are and how are other clubs doing yeah. what they're doing? Um, and I think it's that way. I think, you know, these clubs well, are, it, are bringing so much in commercially in yeah. comparison to what Newcastle can or are all at the moment but are trying to rectify that you know well I, I had a, a good point and it was it was actually Simon Jordan I was listening to and he, he said when new owners come into a football club he said he's all for financial fair play but when new owners come into a football club they should get a special dis- dispensation for two years or three years where they want to change the football club so they don't have to deal with the old owners and how they've ran the football club and what they've done with Correct. it. So they get Good dispensation point. where you could say to them, right, we will double it for you. So instead of 105 million, it's suddenly 210 million quid that you're allowed to, to put on your loss sheet. Um, and then you've got two years to then rectify that or three years to then rectify that, which That's would make sense point. to me because they could... They could go and and do what they want with the club, and then prove that they have the funds and everything capable of of sustaining it. And then obviously they, they'd have to up the market, and which which they will. You know, Newcastle, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, they're going to do things, and and their turnover will be much greater in in the coming years. Well, what, wasn't certain, account, what wasn't taken into account? What wasn't taken into account, Tiggy, was the new front of shirt sponsorship deal seller, um, mm. the uh, Champions League money. Uh, prize money that they've gone through for getting into the group, getting into the Champions League and, and various other things. They've got the new Adidas kit contract that's coming up in the summer, which is over yeah. 10 years, which is a record kit deal for the club. So, you know, things are going in the right direction, but it's probably a little bit slower 
And what they'd said, Darren Neils, and I think we'll all agree as football people, what's happened is Eddie and the lads have took the club forward quicker than to a level quicker than they thought yeah. they would go. So yeah. they got them in the Champions League quicker than they thought they imagined. So what it's done, it's added pressure because then the expectation yeah. level rises and everyone's thinking, oh, so when they've had that bit of a blip this season, um, you know, they've come under a bit of pressure. So, but what I say now, if they sell someone, if they get a ridiculous offer for someone, for example, there's been the two players that have been talked about in the media over the last couple of years, 10 days, has been Gamirej for mega money to PSG over 100 million. Yeah. Or Sean uh, Longstaff because you can get 100% of his money back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which would be disastrous moves in terms of a football. If you were Eddie Howe, you don't want them players to go. Of course, you don't because they're, they're making massive contributions. But for example, say you sell them and you can, for for example, just a hypothetical figure 50 million, you bring a replacement in on 50 million, but you spread that over five years, it's 10 million a year. So then yeah. you have FFP comes yeah. down. Massively, uh, yeah. Um, so, but it seems mad, doesn't it? It's it's it's, it's, hard is. it's a, it's a horrible balancing act. We're the richest yeah. club so in the world. They're more than capable kind of, of sustaining whatever they're doing. <laughs> more than capable, but for them to have to sell one of their best players to get themselves back under it again is like it. It makes no sense, does it? No, it but I get why the rules are there. Don't don't get me wrong. I get why the rules are there, but it also what it also does is some of the smaller clubs who haven't got a big turnover, they're never going to be able to compete with any of these clubs, so they're never yeah. going to push into the top six because the turnover isn't big enough. Mm -hmm. Your your own success rate obviously is is kind of affected them massively, hasn't it? That's just you know, which is mm. is mental, isn't it? Saying that yeah, but it, you, you know, it gives, you're being it successful gives it, it quicker. It gives an unbalance as well, though, lads, because uh, you, you're talking about. You talk about like, for example, I was I played at Fulham, and it's in West London, so it's a massive attraction. We get mm. they got to, we get twenty five thousand. That's all the crowd the ground can fit because where it is yeah. the location, you can't get a bigger ground because it's in the middle, right on the Thames, and there's houses yeah. around it. But because it's West London and it's Fulham, they get massive commercial deals. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So their commercial stuff, even though Newcastle are getting double. The crowd's 52,000 to Fulham and, you know, it's full yeah. every week, even if they went to the championship. Because that commercial, like you said, Higgy, good point, what Jordan made, Mike Ashley ran the club in a different way. The only commercial stuff went through the club was Sports Direct. So they actually weren't paying any money. You were just getting it off the... It was one of his companies getting the help off another one of his companies. Yeah. So Sports Direct had everything. So when this, uh, you know, new ownership group have took over... There's no the look in the drawer. Where's all the commercial deals? There's none. Yeah. There's no commercial deals. Yeah. There's no money coming into the club. Aye. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that, see, that's got to be taken into saying. account so, at some point, hasn't exactly. it? Exactly. It's, a, good, it's a very in, good point. Yeah, I think when new owners come in, you have to you have to be a little bit flexible with them, and then obviously oh, after right, a yeah. set set amount of time, then they have to fall into line. I mean, the harsh ones, Everton, isn't it? Everton has been unbelievably oh. harshly treated by getting them yeah, ten absolutely. points deducted for being something like £10 million pound over the, the yeah. financial fair play. And that, by the way, they didn't take into account their new ground that they're building. Mm -hmm. No, so, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hey, just by the nuts, way, isn't it? By the way, we're saying about the commercial money, the London clubs, 
Chelsea have bent the rules a little bit as well, giving out these eight and nine year contracts to players and spreading the cost over their length of time. Yeah, uh, but that's how you do it, isn't it, Clarky? That's how you do it. There's no me, rules to it? say you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, right, no. Exactly. Finding ways around. But it. I think they've they've gone back on that now and saying they're not going to do that no more, aren't they? Like they mm. can't they can't start giving these eight and ten year contracts out. Well, fellas, we've got uh, 12 minutes to go before the end of the show. Uh, one man who's coming up at the end uh, of this is Ian Mercer, North East football writer, 38 years behind the quill. Well, it was when he started. Uh, Ian, evening, what's on the show tonight? Well, good All evening, right, Ian. I, I, I just highlight, I've been listening to, to what you've been saying, and I, I find it all fascinating. Call me old-fashioned, but I, I can remember when Newcastle sold Gaza back in 1988 three million pounds and they thought well we, we've sold our best midfielder but they bought Dave Besant they bought Scotland international striker John Robertson Andy Thorne who just won the, John the FA Cup and, and friend of the show John Henry and Willie McFall thought he had a title winning side and they got relegated and the motto of that little story don't sell your best players <laughs> Oh, don't so, say, Johnny. And I've, all, I've always thought that, you know. <laughs> anyway, I thought you were going. Like, I thought you were going to see a doing Saint John Henry there, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's outrageous. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he was the only. He was the only one. He was the only one of, of that quartet. He was, to be fair, sit in a black and white shirt. He was. Yeah, and anyway, listen. Last week, I apologised to Middlesbrough fans because, despite them having a mouth-watering FA Cup tie against Villa, the show was very much all about the Newcastle Sunderland derby. Well, this week, I can promise Middlesbrough fans a treat. My first guest is another legend in North East football, arguably one of the great unsung heroes of North East football this millennium would be a Dave Parnaby, who, when he retired as Middlesbrough's director, absolutely, he was the longest serving man in that role in, in the country. So I'm looking forward to speaking to him uh, in the first half of my show. My second guest, it's a return of uh, Big Mouth Luke Edwards, good friend of mine, Daily Telegraph's Northeast man, who's always got an opinion, and uh, be fascinated. We'll go back talk about the, the the game that never was because it wasn't a game. You need two sides to play a game. The time we had Derby. We'll talk about Middlesbrough's memorable week, and we'll also talk about this uh, uh, profit and sustainability rules, which is causing such a, a fracas with Newcastle fans at the minute, because it's a discussion which is going to go on and on, isn't it? Ian, Ian, yeah. Luke, I'd done an interview with Luke while I was in Dubai over Christmas and New Year. He yeah. reversed the charges. Tell him I'm coming after him. I'll tell him that. <laughs> I'll tell him that. With great pleasure. <laughs> what did... Uh, what did he accuse you of, Clarky? <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Ian will catch you uh, at seven when the boys uh, finish uh, on you the three be. legends. Brilliant stuff. So, fellas, nine minutes now to talk about the games that are coming up. Well, I'll start there with a Man City game. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are talking about we turned the corner against Sunderland. The performance was good. The individual performances improved. As I said, Bruno was head and shoulders above anyone on the pitch. But this is a different ball game again tomorrow evening, isn't it? Man City. I mean, I know they're out with, with without Haaland, Grealish, Stones, but the King's coming back, isn't he? The King of the assists, Kevin De Bruyne. Looks like he's going to start his first game for a few months. And uh, absolute class act. You know you're going to get a tough game. But to be fair, the last, certainly since Eddie's come in, we, we've gone 
we've gone at City, we've gone with a with our identity, we've gone with a high press, not gung ho high press, but a high press and and won the ball high and you know one game we drew three three where we're three one up and I think just the game went on too long for us. So we've got a chance, but is it'd be interesting to see what, what he does. I mean it looks like it's gonna be um Bruno um, young Lewis Miley who's doing unbelievable um, and Sean Longstaff in the middle um, with Joe Linton being out so a really tough one um, can you look beyond you know trying to is it being negative to say would you take a point I mean whenever you I come think up against is. the City you think it's negative I think it's negative, mate. I, I I don't see City as being that uh, as, as effective as has been in other other seasons. To be quite mm. honest, I, I I said this before about you guys at home. You know, I just think it's it's, it's a completely different scenario when you guys are mm-hmm. at home. You know, it's I, I don't think you you know you could be negative at home. To be quite honest, I think you know yeah. You, oh you no, know, I don't listen. I don't think positive. I don't think I don't think the approach of the the team. I was saying for myself, would no, no, just to yeah, take, yeah, a, know, take a point. I, 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 yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't think Eddie Howe's got any inclination. He, he's not in his uh, DNA. I mean, that was Aye. the thing that was mentioned about when we um, got knocked out of the Champions League, should we sat back and held on to the, the 1-0 lead we had against the AC Milan or, you know, or whatever, Aye. you know, so the 1-1 no, as well. But yeah, I don't think I, yeah, I wasn't, say, I wasn't saying about the team being negative, mate. I wasn't saying yeah, about the team yeah. being negative. I was saying no, I, I, I hey, listen, I was just... I, no, no, I get, I get what you're saying. I think yeah. they haven't fired on all cylinders yet Man City but they are coming off the back of winning the Club World Cup and then they've looked a little bit impressive since then Um, so I mean I watched I still fancy them Clarky I still fancy City I watched I do I think if you finish above Man City if you finish above Man City I I think it's them and Liverpool again I don't think Ah. the others are going to be there after watching Arsenal and and the problems they had putting the ball in the net and uh, City obviously De Bruyne coming back you mentioned him they're going to go on a run. How many times have we seen City at the end of seasons win 15, 20 games on the bounce? Oh, yeah. That's, to win well, a that's, title they're by probably, a point They're probably, I mean, them in Liverpool, like you said, are probably the only two teams who can go 15, 20 games unbeaten yeah. and 16 or 17 of those yeah. will be wins. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's how good uh, them. Yeah, they're frightening. And City, City have done that so consistently. Liverpool had an awful season last year, but City just carry on. They're just like a juggernaut. And yeah. he just seems to, you know, when, when it's it's the old Alex Ferguson one, squeaky bum time. When it comes to that, Man City just seem to go into a different level. They just go into yeah. the zone and they know what's they know what's required. It, you know, it's like they're sitting waiting and everyone's getting plaudits because they're top of the table at Christmas and in January. And City are just sitting there waiting and just saying it only matters when you're coming towards the end, Easter, April, end of Easter, uh, uh, April or whatever. That's when it matters and, and they just seem to turn the screw. So that's why I was saying, uh, you know, would, I, would it be negative to say I'd take a point tomorrow? Just as well, of course... You know, we've got to remember, yeah, the FA Cup, and it's not being disrespectful to Sunderland, but you know, let's get it right. We were playing a Championship team. Now we're getting back to the to the real world again in terms yeah. of tomorrow playing against one of the best club teams in the world. If well, they are the best team in the world at the minute because they just won it. They won that tournament, so you know, yeah. this yeah. this is a real test. You know, the next two. I'd take a draw, Clarky. I would. I, I'd take I a mean, draw. Hey, listen, you go into every game hoping to win, but I think I wouldn't be disappointed at the end of the game if we've got a point from it. 
I wouldn't. Um, and, and whether that's, we have to take a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of pressure on top of us. Because I think you've got, ex like we talked about Borough with Chelsea, I think everyone who plays City understands they're going to have, they're not going to have the lion's share of the ball, are they? Yeah. No. So, um, on the, on the predictions, I might as well start myself and I'll take a 1-1 draw. Well, I'd, I'd take a 1-1 one, one draw, um, but I don't think you'll get it. <laughs> I think... Aye, I know. I can well, only see a, a one, one if I'm honest. But you mentioned the form Newcastle have been in, along with the injuries. Joel Linton's out now. I think it's going to be a tough, tough game. Listen, it's not beyond Newcastle to get a result, but I just think the way City are, um, it's going to be very difficult. I, I, I think City will, will nick that one. Uh, I'm going to uh, go 2-0. I'm just going to... I'm just going to stay positive and I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle to be quite honest mate love that Daz cheers pal <laughs> no worries mate I'm here all week <laughs> ok then under <laughs> Sunderland is, is Clarkie going to be as kind um, you know what um, it's a tough no. old one isn't it it's a different difference <laughs> no, no, though no, he's he's not. One in five. <laughs> I, I was yeah. gonna, that's what I was going to say you know if you had spoke to me yeah. what in November end of November I would have said nah Ipswich are taking all three points, but they're, you know, as you say, they haven't won in five. Are they starting to feel a little bit of pressure now because they've been up there all the time? Um, so they're getting hunted down. Three points would be huge for Sunderland. So, no, I think, uh, hey, they've talked about this week. I've listened to Michael Beale, you know, purposely this week after the, the game last weekend, and he said, oh, we've had lots of meetings to talk about the game. We've learned a hell of a lot from it. So, you know, can they take some of their experiences they learned from last Saturday into this game? Um, I think the win might be a big ask, but I certainly don't think Sunderland will lose. So I'll go another 1-1. One, one. Oh, you're being kind. I'm being nasty this week. Um, I'm the nasty <laughs> one. Because I think it's... It's your birthday, you're allowed. Yeah, they haven't, listen, they haven't won in five, have the Ipswich, but they're a good side. They score goals. Um... Sunderland need to be at the best to get a result, I would think. Um, I, I think it's another tough one. I'm going another two-one defeat. Sorry, Daz. No worries, mate. It's all right. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll just come up. I'll just sprinkle a little positivity in there. Um, Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, for me, I, I think I, I think obviously disappointments of, of obviously last week. I don't think we kind of uh, stood up to the task uh, for most of the game. Um, but I do believe that if switch are on a little bit of a downer, I do believe Sunderland generally a uh, bit more relaxed away from home, a bit more, you know, not under as much pressure. I just feel that, again, you know, I, I, I love me two ones and I just believe it'll be a two one win. So I don't, I think we will concede, but I do think we'll win two one. One minute left to talk, well, Borough. Well, Borough, Millwall, listen, Millwall. Mid-table, away from home is always a tough game. Form uh, team, though. Will it be a case of after the Lord Mayor's show? I, I hope not. Hoping for a Borough win. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Borough. Good They're man. all 2 ones. Good. Borough 1-0 from me. Oh, Clarkie. I think, I think Middlesbrough will be on a bit of a high. And I think they'll win 3-1. Jeez, Ooh. didn't expect that Probably one. Positive. Mil I didn't either. Millwall and beaten in five. Three straight wins. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, there you go. That's it. Not great. Not great. Not great. Not great at the den, though. Or the new den. 
the new or the one. old den. It's a den, and it's not good at the old den either because it's not there anymore. Fellas, you've done it dusted. Have a great weekend. Fantastic stuff. Cheers, lads. Good weekend, everyone. Take care, lads. All the best. All the best, fellas. See you. Bye.